This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This is Let's Drink About It. You're based in New York, Joel? Yeah, I've been, I've been in New York since just before Christmas. So my wife got a job in Manhattan and uh, she moved over in September and I came for a month then. But then I was, uh, fil- I was not filming, I was recording this uh, doco in the Pacific. So I was sort of uh, island hopping around uh, Terrible c- Central Pacific. And yeah. so I went from, you know, 105 Fahrenheit, 98% humidity to the middle of the polar vortex. And my, <laughs> oh, my body just was like, what That's the a, fuck is going on? That is yeah. a shock. Um, <laughs> it was from, you know, sort of coconut um, trees. And I, I was on polluted islands, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't living the complete dream. Oh. But from that to, you were know, you on, sort of, Were you on the gyre? The Pacific Gyre? No, I was on Kiribati, the the sinking island. The, the the first uh, one of the first victims of uh, of sea level rise, of oh, climate wow. change. Yeah. No way. And it was it one was, of the many ecological catastrophes in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and and it's it was just a completely de- like I thought I'd I'd it's one of those stories where I thought I'd brace myself for it. I thought I was steeled and I, I knew what I was getting into. And after about four hours there I was like, oh man, I'm so far out of my depth. This is just like really tough work. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. I bet. Uh, can like in what way? What do you mean? Uh, it was just it it was reporting on a problem that I knew was a problem, but when you saw the actual like the faces, like when when you sort of personalize that issue, like there's nowhere for these people to go, right? right? So you see kids running around, and you realize that okay, so if if this place, if you can't live on this place in twenty to thirty years, which is like, you know, it's probably a long term. Like that, that's probably a good scenario for them, really. The kids that are running around are going to be younger than I am now. And right. what do they do? Yeah. You know? Like, where do they go? And it, yeah, it's sort of... And I, it's like I, nothing anybody <laughs> on that island did to make it unlivable. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, Tragic. it was sort of tough in that way. It was like, sort of in, uh, like I mean, I got, I got sick, you know, all the stuff where you, you can't drink the water and you manage to drink the water and you vomit and shit for, <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> 12 hours a night it's uh i had all that but it was more the sort of intellectual side of, of course it that yeah. was just yeah damaging I, I did a documentary in uh in africa a few years ago and the it, same thing in in nairobi you're not really supposed to drink the water um and i got in on, on the first night uh we went out to ethiopian food and there's an ethiopian dish that's basically spiced raw beef and uh Somebody ordered it for me. I was like, you're going to love this. And I was like sitting there eating it. And I was like, you're not supposed to eat the water here. And I'm sitting here eating (laughs) basically like three ice cream scoops worth of dead cow. You know, man, I remember I have I have such a specific memory of the meal that got me really sick because oh, wow. I was being really careful and I had a similar thing where one of the locals bought me, they call it half, half and half tuna, so it's half raw and half cooked. Uh-huh. And I'm halfway through it and we'd just been reporting on how polluted the water was right. there. You know, <sighs> that there's like, there's dead dogs' bodies and shit just floating around in it. And we'd sort of just been reporting on that that morning. And halfway through the meal, I'm like, so where did this tuna come from? And they're like, oh, just out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Oh man, I'm fucked. Oh no. (laughs) It was literally fistfuls of emodium, you know, like the guy from the Beeb who was producing it was just sort of like in that very beautiful British way, was like, Do you really think you should be taking all that emodium? And I'm like, seriously, (laughs) I'm just like it's it's like party party time, you know. (laughs) I'm just popping these things and yeah. Yeah. That's the worst party ever. 
Yeah. The Imodium party. <laughs> it's like the, a weird analog of a party here in Williamsburg, but <laughs> yeah, instead the, of the terrible getting done up. Uh, well, um, you know, before we get much deeper into the proceedings, mm. um, we should probably give you a proper introduction, Joel. This is Joel Werner, uh, radio producer, science journalist, uh, guy who did something on 99% Invisible, which <laughs> seals him in history as yeah. a hero of all mankind, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something to bridge the gap between Australia and the US for me. It's like, you know, the visa's one thing, but, yeah. but working with Roman and Sam's completely different thing. Wow, yeah. yeah. You just got here and you're already on 99% Invisible, so, you know, you're doing all it's right. The, it's the reason they let me in, you know. I got the story and then <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> USCIS are like, yeah, come in, sure, that's fine. We love those guys. <laughs> come on through. <laughs> hey, Chris, did you get a haircut? You're looking very handsome. Who? Me? Yes, yeah. I did get a haircut last week. Looking, looking nice, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. I might get one, too. I'm Pretty sure Max FunCon haircut. See, this is the thing. I was thinking a little bit ahead, so I, because, uh, you know, he's got to like, grow in a little bit. Do you think I look mm-hmm. good now? Wait till next week. Oh, Holy yeah. Shit, <laughs> man. A, a week or two of growth is when a, when a haircut really comes into its own. I, the way I timed it, it should be by Saturday night, I'm going to have a perfect hair evening. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when we stop in front of the professional photography booth... <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be good. I hate the weeks of denial at the other end of the haircut, oh, yeah. but I'm kind of in that stage at right. the moment. It's so like, uh, I'm, like I'm my, sort of just like, that's no, still good. It's my, still looking pretty good. Yeah. I can work this. And then you like you get a haircut and you're like, man, I was a Wookiee for like yeah. a month and a half there. Yeah. And, and you know you know you used to look like shit when everybody's like, Wow, you're looking sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Did like, you lose some Ooh. weight? <laughs> it's like no, you, man, Wait a second, Ben, you just told me I look sharp, so what am I supposed to believe now? <laughs> You always look sharp, Chris. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying you look particularly sharp. <laughs> oh, now, a good thing this is radio because my face is glowing. My contention has always been that any, any lady that is not throwing herself at you, Mr. Bowman, <gasps> wow, look, is, make, is, is making a mistake. Did I, what did I do? What have I done? <laughs> have I done something like right or wrong? I don't know if I'm in trouble. What are you? You're <laughs> big up on me on the radio. Well, not the radio. You know what I mean. The oh, Have you guys been drinking about it already? It's, it's sort of getting to the central end of the evening already. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love you too, man. I love you too. Yeah, I love you, bro. Let's, let's become blood brothers. This is going to be a good episode, I can tell already. Joel, uh, tell us what's going on in your, in your life at the moment. Yeah, so I, I'm enjoying... Being able to get outside. Finally, yeah. the weather's turned vaguely good in New York. It's which not is... life-threateningly cold. <laughs> it's, it's like I've, I've actually seen beyond uh, my apartment and the subway for, right. for a, the first time in a while, which has been good. Uh, on the weekend, I went for a, a big cycle, uh, a bicycle, uh, yeah. north into Manhattan. Whoa, um, the big city. Yeah, I, <laughs> right up at the top of the big city. I, I think I have to just lay out here because you know not that there's anything wrong with it but i'm not a road bike kind of guy like my my bike's made of some sort of heavy steel Uh many decades ago i don't own lycra so you know riding's usually a trip to the pub and back for me but um yeah i can relate in in this 99 pi story i did there was like one of the characters got over this sort of chaotic event in his life and and went to the cloisters to unwind and i kind of was just like new to new york and looked up where the cloisters were and thought yeah sure i'm gonna go for right and we should say for people that don't know there is this kind of amazing installation um at the sort of northernmost 
point of Manhattan that is essentially it's essentially a Spanish monastery that they took piece by piece from Spain and reassembled in Manhattan. And I, I think it's part of the Met technically, like wow. it's a museum type of type of thing, and you can go see medieval art and stuff there. But uh, it's a really unusual, like it's not something that a lot of people know about. I feel like, and it's a pretty amazing place. And and what you said just then is greater than the sum total of what I knew about this place <laughs> before I went. Right, so I knew the name, and I knew that. I, I said, what I did, which is typically how much I plan stuff, I put the name into Google Maps. I saw that you pretty much hit the cycleway on the Hudson and head north until you can't head north anymore. Right. And that place is the closest. And that's about as much as I knew. So <laughs> I kind of found out a lot about it when I arrived. And uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I was expecting sort of a, a stolen cathedral, whether it's stolen or not, a, a transplanted cathedral, shall we say. Yeah. I think it was a consensual, <laughs> consensual transplant. But... <laughs> The interesting thing, the, the thing that I don't think my wife's forgiven me for not finding out about the cloisters was how far away it was, because oh, we yeah. got to about 125th Street. It's nowhere close to 125th Street. And still had a while to go. You yeah. know, the George, Washington, the, the George Washington Bridge is still in the distance, and I know it's beyond that. Yeah. And she was like, so how far is this ride? And I was like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, it turns out to be, I'm not sure what it is in miles. I should have looked up in miles, but yeah. it's a 30 kilometer one way trip, which is, uh, I don't uh, know. It's, it felt like good, a good a good portion of our listeners are in the UK and Canada. So if, uh, if For, you don't know the metric system, go fuck yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going up. It's back the way, isn't it? It's less miles than it is kilometer. I mean, I don't know. If I, I'm, I'm getting I'm already talking in pretzels here. <laughs> um, it's a lot of pretzels. The, yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> How many pretzels would you have to stack in? Yeah. And are they like little uh, crunchy, like bag of pretzels? And pretzels, a, or are they big, chewy totally. street pretzel? Like and I'd you say if you're eating end? those along the way, that's a really thirsty ride too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is like some twisted modern day equivalent of Hansel and Gretel. You know, I could just like ride up the cloisters, dropping pretzels as I go. I love it. <laughs> Find my way home by the trail of pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 30 kilometers is no joke of a bike ride, though. Yeah. No. I think Manhattan is like two-thirds again, goes again, two-thirds again as far north as the top of the park. So if you go from, yeah, right. from like the southernmost tip to the top of Central Park, like there's still like an incredibly huge amount of island left. And I think people that you know, mess around in Brooklyn and lower Manhattan a lot, don't often conceive of how much city there is left, you know, not to mention the Bronx, but um, yeah, it certainly surprised me the the couple of times I've been up there. It's really beautiful up there as well. It's a love, totally. it's like completely different to downtown, you know. Yeah. Now, can I ask uh, how up for it was your girlfriend? I mean, like that's a 60 kilometer bike ride, like return <laughs> trip. I mean, that's, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I especially think especially if you're was... if you're pedaling a tank, as you say, you know. Yeah, and I mean, the the, the bike excursions we were used to taking are kind of like let's ride to that nice bar down by the water and have a beer or two, and then ride home, you know. And it's right. a, that that's the afternoon. Where, whereas this was sort of you know a, a complete seven hour day. Right. Um, the interesting <laughs> thing that like kind of harked back to my days uh, in in science was uh, when we were riding home, and I'm sure you guys have both experienced this, like the return trip. 
seemed so mm-hmm. much quicker. It just blew my mind. Like suddenly we're down and like, you know, it's 40 second street turnoff and it's like, wow, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's this, yeah. it's actually a scientifically proven thing called the return trip effect. If you go on a unique journey right. and then come home, then the return the trip return is trip. always quicker. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that in my life. Uh, I, I was reading about the return trip effect and the way they tested that, they did th- a series of tests, three different tests. And the second trip, they, uh, the second test they did, what was it? It was, one was a bus journey. The second was uh, a bike journey. And then the third was like a, some, they sat people down to watch a bike journey. And that's how they, <laughs> And I mean, there's a bunch of variables in between, but we'll post a, a link to the actual research. But uh, it was, yeah, it's cool. Like it's a, an interesting theory. How painful is that? I mean, I mean, you know, it's great if you're the people that get to ride the bike. Yeah. It's kind of okay if Sitting you're the person who gets a, bike trip. <laughs> a yeah, bus. But well. hey, come along and watch a two-hour video <laughs> of someone riding a bike. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I believe in science that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of science is weird. Like that's a, like it. You know, it's it's interesting and it's something that we all relate to. But I also, you know, like there's people finding out about the nature of the universe and the fundamental yeah. properties of, like there's people curing cancer you know and then there's people going huh, how about that thing where you know a unique trip's always a bit like shorter <laughs> on the way back we yeah. should look at that but that's, <laughs> that's i don't, the I don't get the sense that neil degrasse tyson is in for that many experiments <laughs> of that kind yeah totally but you uh you joel you called it vibe science and i was like yeah i i, I totally <laughs> I totally get it. Like, I totally understand. I'm in, I'm all about vibe science. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I just made that term up. I'm like, well, I, I get it anyway. Yeah. After we had that chat during the week, I was thinking about, it, it's sort of all the stuff you do in first year psychology. Like I remember people doing studies on like, uh, and like, you know, you think about it, people have got PhDs for doing this stuff. And yeah. like, which cubicle are people most likely to choose when they go into a public bathroom? Like, who cares? Right. Like, I don't care. The em- like the one that's free, the yeah. one that people <laughs> like, aren't in. Like, what if you go into an elevator and don't face the same direction <laughs> yeah. as everybody else? It'll weird them out. <laughs> yeah, it's like BuzzFeed are doing all that yeah. science for us. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate that kind of science uh, research because when I go into a bathroom, I stand in front of all the stalls and it takes me about... 20 to 30 minutes to decide which stall. So now I know which one I need to pick, you know. That's oh, I actually have a, I have a good heuristic for that. Just uh, bring like a, a uh, you know, like a playing dice with you. Right, right. Uh, assign, <laughs> assign numbers to the different cubicles. and Sure. You know, that makes, it makes it, it so much easier. Trust me. But see, I'm going to spend an extra 30 minutes answering questions maybe. You know, people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I'm oh, just get- uh, rolling dice in the bathroom. Yeah. Are you gonna you're gonna roll a six in like a four cubicle bathroom and end up going in the bin? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times, Chris. What's up with you? Uh, well, you know, I'm 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 hyper aware of the fact that when we started doing this podcast, that uh, your uh, lovely soon to be or eventual lady wife Rachel said that like, Chris's topics are just always about the bad shit that happens to him. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I, I guess I find that the funniest thing. So like uh, this week I um, uh, was coming home from work and it was like this nice day, long walk from like through the park and uh, it's about a five kilometer walk. And on the way back, I was... How many arranging. is uh, that in miles though? I don't know, but it's about 60 pretzels. Uh, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I or arranged with a friend to meet up for ice cream. It was like, uh, you know, as I say, a nice day. So we get to the ice cream spot and uh, 
get our ice cream, mint chocolate chip for me. And uh, <laughs> we go outside and, you know, super stoked on this ice cream cone. And like I take two licks and the third, <laughs> the third lick just rolls right off the end of my cone and lands <laughs> in my feet. And, and I look up and I'm like, I'm actually staring at the ice cream cone and I'm like, fuck. And then I look up and there's this guy, there's an audience, like people waiting for the streetcar, people having coffee. And I look up and this guy looks at me and he just goes, <laughs> you know, just kind of stifles a laugh. <laughs> and I started laughing and he goes, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's totally funny. But for a split second, it was not at all funny. You know? <laughs> it was like, it's never uh, happened to me in my entire life. Like not as a kid or anything, you know? That is a, <laughs> I feel like that's such a testament to how nice Canadians are to each other. Because <laughs> yeah. if, if I dropped an ice cream and somebody laughed at me on the streets of New York, I would like attempt to murder them basically. <laughs> it's like their fault by proxy for yeah. laughing. Yeah, it's yeah, like you've yeah. just taken responsibility for that. Well, I, I, just, I, I just checked myself real quick. Yeah, no, I had, my, my cousin when I was a... When I was a kid, one of my cousins, like, we all got uh, paddle pops. I don't know if you have them in America. Like, they're ice so creams like a on a stick, you know, okay. yeah, like, yeah, and right. cho like chocolate milk ice cream on a stick. And everyone got one. And he opened his, and it was, like, the one ice cream I've ever seen <laughs> that was missing a stick. <laughs> and you just fucked with his head. Like, you saw his, like, nine-year-old brain just <laughs> twist and collapse in on itself, going, what the fuck do I do now? Like, yeah. And he ended up just eating it, you know, with a yeah. wrapper, but... Yeah, oh, it's still edible. You just hold hold it in the wrapper. Um, well, speaking of uh, of idiotic experiments, I have a very distinct memory of there. I have a lot of like childhood uh, trauma surrounding ice cream. Uh, for example, my mother Holy perpetrated shit, really? this lifelong con on me when I was a kid that she was cleaning up my ice cream cone, which uh, you know when I was an adult and had some distance from it, realized she oh. was just eating most of my ice cream. <laughs> but it, like with the excuse of making it less drippy for me when I was a, a child. And um, so I've, I've always, I've, I've, uh, I've developed a little late in life resentment for my mother over, over that. There's a split I, second where I had no idea where cleaning up my ice cream cone was going. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, just, just, uh, I mean, I just think about like the volume of ice cream that this woman deprived me of <laughs> over, you know, over whatever nine years of. You uh, are owed tubs of that stuff. Tubs. Yeah, she totally. should. She should just set up like an Amazon, like like you know, once a week order to just have ice cream delivered to me, if she ever want. You know, I want reparations. But uh, but I remember seeing like a cartoon or something. I you know like. It's a well-known thing when you're a child that if you drop your ice cream, the ice cream store will give you a new scoop for free. Mm -hmm. And I'd never actually seen it in person, and I devised an experiment when I was a child. <laughs> and I was a little surprised. Like, I, you know, we just went to the ice cream store in our neighborhood, and I, like intentionally licked way too hard and knocked the <laughs> the ball of ice cream off the top of the cone and uh the uh the lady had had seen me do it and saw the intentionality of it and did not give me a frisky price. <laughs> really? And I was very upset. Wow. I mean, like, so she was judging you, man. She was like, "Nah, yeah. I I'm not paying that." Well, you know, when you're a kid, you you have no 
there's no you, you have no game like right all i would have needed to do would be turn my back to her and she wouldn't have been able to see that i was like physically pushing the ball of ice cream off of the cone i mean but, for, for her to notice that from a distance you were like totally aggressive in it she was yeah. on to me from from jump well i mean i can say this ice cream store provided a free scoop for me it was nice oh that's very nice yeah Took my cone, chucked it, gave me a brand new sugar cone. Sugar cone. Oh, man. man. Is there any other way to go? Who gets a cup? I I don't fuck with a cup. I I either get a sugar cone or if I'm feeling saucy, a waffle cone. Right. Waffle cone's the next next level shit. I don't don't like the cake cone that much. What's a cake cone? All these types of cones. We've we've only got the sugar, which I like take is just your plain cone and then the waffle cone which is what i usually right. go for a little waffle bit cone. of breakfast a little bit of dessert yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. a nice nice combo yeah. yeah uh what about you ben what's uh what happened uh, to you this week i'm gonna try and talk about this without being too gross um but i discovered that i'm a medical oddity this week uh awesome uh when i was a teenager i went into the pediatrician uh with a cyst and in my ear and i had to go get it removed by a plastic surgeon because like the skin in my ear is so delicate but uh at some point in the process there my pediatrician was like you know you're this is probably going to be something you Come, that comes up more than once in your life. You're kind of a cysty guy. <laughs> and that's really, that's always stuck with me. Um, I think I just came up with a new nickname for you. <laughs> I'm just going to call you sister from now on. <laughs> uh, I probably deserve that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, uh, I've always like had little, little itty bitty ones. Uh, and I had one under my, um, my eyebrow lately mm-hmm. and I went to the dermatologist and they gave me a referral to a surgeon to have it removed and I didn't get around to calling the surgeon for a few weeks and then when I did they didn't take my insurance and so I just was like fuck it <laughs> another couple of weeks went by and this thing like exploded inside my head Whoa. it got super painful and I've been like dealing with like a very like you know, like I can't sleep on one side of my on one side of my bed because yeah, it, you wow. know, like puts sensitive pressure on it. And Ow. so I went back to the dermatologist and they now have their own surgeon and he looked at it and he was like, I can't do this, this is too complicated. And while I'm in the examination room, he calls his other like facial plastic surgeon friend and was like, Joe. I got a patient for you. This is unbelievable. <laughs> you like he's like standing there on his iPhone. He just like got it out. Like he was he he took like two minutes to look at this thing, and he was like, he's like seriously, you have to take this guy. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> and I, I'm like, all right, there. I'm just sitting. I'm sitting, like, you know. Like, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm clothed and everything, but I'm feeling very vulnerable. You're like, I'm, I can hear you. Uh, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually kind of excited to be a medical oddity, but uh, uh, I, unfortunately, the doctor that he wanted to take me doesn't take my insurance. So. You're kidding. <laughs> so I'm uh, waiting to hear back on what I should do next because apparently the surgery is going to be pretty involved. It, uh, well, I mean, wow. I, I can... Uh, tell you that recently uh i have been 
uh, without a health card. Like I, I don't have any coverage at the moment because they they confiscated my card from me. Uh, oh, because I I went to renew my health card and my license because they're both expired, and uh, because they they looked at my passport and saw that I'd lived out of the country for a little while, that I didn't notify them to say that I uh, I left. But you're supposed to, you know, let them know oh. when you leave. So. I now have to prove that I've been back as long as I say I have, because in order for us to be covered, you have to be in the province for 153 days of the year. Oh, wow. So that feeling of walking around with no, I'm like, my, you know, as we learned last week, my knees are bothering me and I want to find out what the fuck's going on with them, but I can't go. So, you know, I don't know. It's not, it's obviously not life threatening, but to walk around without insurance or, uh, you know, health coverage is a new feeling to me and I can in the tiniest of ways relate to not so having the, coverage. the scourge that America has been under. Yeah. Until we got our beloved socialist dictator, Barack Hussein Obama installed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dictator yeah. for life. Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> I, I, I had a similar thing. It's not, it's not similar in every way. When I was a kid, I had a, I had a really bad case of glandular fever and I was, you know, off school for five or six weeks and was quite delirious and wasn't really that concerned about my own health because when you, right, I don't know, yeah. early, you know, when you're 12, whatever, you, you just like, you don't <laughs> you think about forever. that kind of stuff <laughs> until I went to the doctor one day because this just wasn't getting better. And I had a ridiculously sore throat. And so I showed him my throat and he went and got his camera and was like, I just want to take some photos. And it was right. a similar feeling. Yeah, I had to I'd, show I'm, the guys down the bar. This yeah, this is an, it's not an ongoing thing, but that was when it twigged to my 12-year-old brain, like, yeah. hang on, this is kind of bad if he's wanting to take photos of my throat. Okay, that, that's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, my doctor uh, was very excited about this and... and, and <laughs> So the guy on the other end, I guess, works at two different clinics and he was like, he's like, I could kind of hear him going like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds really interesting. If I can't take him at the one clinic, I like, for sure, they'll take him at the other. <laughs> and, uh, turned out neither of them takes my insurance. Oh, so. man. Damn. So can I ask Ben, like, was there, you know, when the doctor, when you were a kid and you, you got that one room from your ear, was there... Like, is there a name for it or is it just a, like a thing that happens to people? Like, I, I, is it yeah, common? Yeah, it's just a, a I don't know. I, I, I've heard it called a sebaceous cyst. It's just like basically pocket that fills up with goo. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. And then like, like doesn't go away. Like, okay. you know, because normally if you get like a pimple or whatever, it goes away. But this is like a little bit lower in the skin strata, I guess. And I, I just learned today about, uh, uh, and it was actually thanks to the uh, stuff you should know, guys. Um, it was like the eight reasons your your body is gross or something like that. It was oh, like, yeah, that was a that was an interesting episode. Yeah, so like, oh, man, what's it called? When they're talking about like the fatty deposits that kind of oh, like yeah. limp, limb, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but I, I have one in my arm, like where my sort of elbow bends. And, uh, oh, and it's kind of sore. Like I've been to the doctor a couple times and he said, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just the way things go. Like you could get it removed, but the risk is that the scar would be more painful than the thing itself. Oh, wow. So well, here's, here's what I would do, Chris. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. Okay. Just drop a needle in that fucker. Oh, man. That's what, that's what they were suggesting, right? Like take it out yourself. The like, only reason I didn't do that on the one above my eye was that I like, 
went into the bathroom with the needle and I was like holding the needle over the thing and I realized if I miss, the needle is going into my eye. <laughs> I mean, we could talk for hours about all the, yeah. like I learned what happens to an eyeball if it gets punctured and it's like, you know. Like and we're talking about. That's not no, the podcast people tune no, in exactly. to hear. No, exactly. If you're drinking along at home, you might want to like make an early start on some of your uh, yeah, make harder it a, liquors. Uh, make it a double. Make it a double. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe we should uh, do some talk about the the drinks that we came up with this week. Yeah, I think so. Very excited. I've, this is this is the first time I could actually admit to drinking on radio. Awesome, it happens yeah. a lot, but you know. Sure. Um, well, Chris, um, I thought that uh, I thought that I would come up with sort of a pragmatic cocktail for you this week. Um, so this is ice cream that is not going to fall out. Yeah, I'm in Bo- boozy root beer float. Yes. So, uh, can I just say uh, before you get to it, I have. I actually wanted to skip all of the ep- I didn't want to record much today. I just wanted to make the drink <laughs> and just drink it. I didn't want to talk at all today. So, yeah. I god, uh, I I love me a good boozy root beer float. So, um just 2 to 3 scoops of uh nice vanilla ice cream, vanilla bean ice cream, 3 ounces of spiced rum and top with a nice root root beer. Um and I wow. said do this in a, a in a beer glass like a 16 ounce glass of some kind. So, put the Plop your scoops in, add your booze, top with your root beer, put in a straw, maybe a spoon. Oh, straight to the point. Yeah. Of it. That's all you need. Yeah. That's the why are there why are there even why do other cocktails even exist? <laughs> I mean, I think we we just I think we have a business opportunity here. We get to open a, a boozy malt shop. Oh my god! Yeah, the visual I got when you described that was so strong that I kind of forgot what we were doing for yeah. a second. You know, when your brain just goes, "Wow!" Like yeah. I want that right now. I just yeah. want to go and have that in a yeah. quiet corner. This is the disadvantage of like doing the this show from a distance because like oftentimes right. you want to have each other's drinks. You know, like I got so excited yeah. a few times to like give the. You could the, have just assigned me the same drink. I mean, it, I don't know what it would have <laughs> had to do with being a medical officer, but I should have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, ice cream is cold and, you know, you need freezing for surgery. So that could have worked, you know, stick a yeah. lump of ice cream on your head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So for you, Ben, um, I've got uh, something called the medicinal courage. Um, I'm going to need it. Yeah. It's an ounce and a half of gin, a half ounce of lemon juice, one sprig of fresh rosemary, half ounce of Amaro Nonino, uh, half ounce of star anise infused honey syrup, six dashes of Angostura bitters and four dashes of uh, Dr. Adam Elmgarab's Aphrodite bitters, which I looked up and it is actually supposed to be an aphrodisiac. So I may have maybe slightly <laughs> missed the mark here, but uh, Joel, Joel may be in, in grave danger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, 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 and I was able to assemble every single ingredient on that list. Amazingly enough. You got wow. that. Do, do you have that bitters already or did you go buy it? I went and bought it. Awesome. No way. Wow. That's, it's yeah. a UK company, I, I think, right? It is. The, I've got a couple. I already had a couple of their others. Their Spanish bitters is probably my A1 favorite bitters there is. Uh, and then um, they also do one called Boker's Bitters, um, which I guess is uh, maybe it's like a, a really old recipe that they revived or something. Mm. 
that that shit is fucking expensive. Oh, They're yeah. They're like right. $30 a bottle. Is it? Whoa. But oh. it lasts forever. So. Well, I mean, you're using four dashes here, and apparently, yeah. you know, <laughs> you may or may not get lucky. <laughs> I might start putting them in uh, Rachel's drinks. Who knows? <laughs> um, um, I mean, I don't know if you used to watch uh, Animaniacs back in the day. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorite things ever was when uh, i can't remember their names but when the one would say hello nurse so that's you know, kind of appropriate. <laughs> there you go um so in a shaker muddle the gin uh lemon juice and rosemary add remaining ingredients and fill with ice uh and fill with ice shake and does it say fine strain i can't even read my own writing uh into yeah. a chilled coop uh garnish with a sprig of rosemary um cool. there's a star anise honey uh, syrup as well but we'll just instead of me going through all of it we'll just uh post that yeah we'll post the yeah nice. joel the right. drink i came up with for you is called the 12 mile limit uh, <laughs> it, uh, if only right, right. <laughs> i should have uh translated to kilometers <laughs> uh, or centiliters or, or pretzels, i'm giving yeah. it to you yes, now there, so there like it is joel you did it i was going to but <laughs> thank you Somebody had to. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's an ounce of... This is a weird a weird recipe. But it's an ounce of white rum, half an ounce of rye whiskey, half an ounce of brandy, half an ounce of grenadine, half an ounce of lemon juice. Uh, so you're going to... Uh, we're going to shake it in a cocktail shaker, strain it into a chilled cocktail glass, and garnish with a twist. I like all of those things. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, that, that sounds good. I... Uh, when I looked it up, I was like, "I like rum and rye in the same drink sounds ma- like madness." But I actually, I uh, I took this on a test drive last night, and it's a delicious, at least to my way of thinking. So, fantastic. Uh, yeah, and um, the I I picked this because it had uh, like like the name sort of sounds like w- what happened to you, but. Uh, there's more to it than that because this is based on an earlier cocktail. It was called the Three Mile Cocktail, and uh, I guess during Prohibition, uh, the uh, international waters started three miles offshore. So there was this whole cottage industry of boats that were floating three miles <laughs> offshore, where you could go like gamble and buy alcohol. Like there were floating casinos, but they're also just like fucking guys in dinghies with hooch that they would sell you <laughs> and you know it was legal to buy if it was three miles offshore and so the congress uh, uh, uh like amended the volstead act to make it that international waters in fact started 12 miles offshore just to make it more troublesome for everybody and i liked that idea that you thought you were there and it, you're, you're not even close <laughs> uh, uh, you know i uh, also think there's another business opportunity there if anybody wants to start a liquor company you could you know make dinghy hooch yeah dinghy, dinghy hooch, hooch. Yeah, yeah yeah maybe next episode you guys can uh, get some dinghy hooch on the show yeah yeah <laughs> we always try and you know incorporate unusual unusual spirits so uh okay uh, I, for you joel i have uh Again, I took the literal, literal approach, and uh, I've got for you the cloister. Uh, it's an wow. ounce and a half of gin, a uh, half ounce of yellow chartreuse, a uh, half ounce of grapefruit juice, quarter ounce of lemon juice, and a quarter ounce of simple syrup. Uh, shake with ice, strain into a chilled coupe, and garnish with a grapefruit twist. Simple to the point, but uh, yeah, gin and, and chartreuse have been, I guess, two go-tos for me uh, the last few weeks. So, 
Yeah, there's been a chartreuse theme I've noticed coming yeah. coming through your cocktails. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's totally unintentional, but there it well, is. Well, we've had a lot of green chartreuse. This is our first yellow ah, chartreuse. Yeah, right. And I was delighted. I was rooting around for something else last night, and I found a bottle of yellow chartreuse nice. that I didn't remember I had. So nice. Um, so do you have to import the gin from anywhere? Is, it, is there a cloisters theme that's sort of overarching? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, Spanish There's no gin. Spanish 14th century <laughs> gin. You know, we could say that if you want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, make uh, me feel, it, make me feel it, happy. Yeah. Let's see. It's Actually, like a, what my, is it? One and a half ounces? Of... We can import a, a half an ounce at a time. That way it's just kind of <laughs> thematic. Yeah. The, uh, the bottle of gin I will be making this from is uh, from a company called Junipero. So... Yeah, right. there you go. Nice. Um, so should we do it? Let's let's make them. Excellent. Yellow. All right, fellas. Cheers. 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 Can, can we... We're going to cheers again right into the mic. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Listen to the density of this. Oh, it's wow. like we're drinking out of pool balls or something. <laughs> Ooh, holy! I mean, I'm I'm reacting like it's the first time, but that's actually how I've been reacting every time I take a sip of this mm. drink. <laughs> and I was saying uh, <laughs> while we were making it, this is going to do nothing for uh, me wanting to clear my throat because it's like <laughs> just three scoops of ice cream, it's just slam in a glass. Exactly, I'm just. Uh, when you sent the picture through, I was saying to Ben that it looked like a dessert beer. It was oh. like a, a pint of beer crossed with oh. an ice cream sundae or something. It's, it's exactly what it is. It's well, it's a little bit. Uh, it's a grown-up dessert, that's for sure. Holy but those smoke. those ice cream scoops are not going anywhere, are they? Mm. <laughs> like we we stirred them up a bit because we didn't have straws. I forgot to get straws. So yeah. Well, what do uh, you? What would you say? Like, I, I mean, is the are I kind of. I did like a very small amount of research on this on this drink, but I kind of pulled the quantities out of thin air. Uh, would you say that the uh, that the amount of booze is is correct for the amount of soda and ice cream? Uh, yeah, I'd say so because once it all actually does blend, because at first it was like, wow, this really masks the the taste of the booze, and then took a sip and like it's just all the booze, the booze sits at washed. the bottom, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like wow, but. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a real nice balance, definitely. Good. good. Yeah, I th- here's how here's how I uh, beta tested this drink. <laughs> I took a beer glass mm-hmm. and I put two lemons in because I thought that they would probably displace the same amount of liquid as three scoops of ice cream, and then I added three ounces of water, and then I was like, yeah, that looks like about right. <laughs> so, it, it also perfect. looks like the worst cocktail ever. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> two two Just lemons, two lemons and stickers water. still on <laughs> water. Maybe if if you wouldn't mind Ben throwing up your uh, beta test. Uh, oh, I didn't a take photo. a picture. I showed. Well, you can. What, what do you mean? You can still do it, can't you? Like lemons and water. I mean, I did take a picture. <laughs> you got to clear a bit of time in your schedule. Sure. You know, just like. <laughs> yeah. What is this? A Manhattan uh, cocktail bar? Come on. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, my drink is. Uh, it tastes like old timey medicine. It's it's uh, in a in a very good way. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's good because the, the uh, beginning of that sentence really sucked. The star it tastes an- like old timey medicine. <laughs> the star anise uh, 
honey th- thing is like by far the most pronounced part of the flavor of this. Um, now, but, I, I, uh, really... maybe you can speak uh, briefly about the, because uh, I think the measurements for that star anise honey syrup was, uh, they, they you, you're making a vat to, of it. Yeah, or like, to make a huge, yeah, hu- yeah I'll, uh, I will, in the, in the recipe I post on the blog, I will give a, a reasonable amount to make, which okay. is enough for like three or yeah. four of these, not okay. enough for 10 of them. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah. Are they, is it 10 drink worthy? Like, would you drink 10 of these or is this like, I would I absolutely mean, drink 10 of these. I mean, like, okay. here's what I'm going to say. Like for a cocktail to make at home for oneself, it's delicious mm-hmm. and would probably be a crowd pleaser if you were, uh, you know, hosting a, I'm a medical oddity party, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I plan, which now that I've had the idea, I plan on doing, <laughs> um, people will come up from about pretzels around <laughs> to my medical oddity party. Uh, it be like your sister act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, sorry. That's pretty bad. You can cut that out. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, it, it it's like there's 400 ingredients so yeah, yeah. so uh you know it does have that going against it um yeah you know it's uh, I'm pr- i've been pretty good at that lately ben like and you're like a total champ like every time like how are these 15 ingredients do you have them and usually you say yes to 13 of them i just got to run yeah. out to the store and get the two most expensive ones i don't have and, you know, well, i, I did have to it. go pick a, i this is one one amaro i did not already have in my collection and mm-hmm. uh you know those you can substitute those to a certain extent, but you know, I always leap at an opportunity to add something esoteric to the shelf. Sure, and and, and that's a that's a fairly common, uh, not common, but it's a popular one, right? Amaro mm-hmm. Nino. Yeah, I mean, I would say that like between that and Averna and mm-hmm. Remizotti and maybe Montenegro, those are probably the four right, Montenegro. that are the most common. Amari. Montenegro is oh, nice on Fren- its own. Fernet. Branca, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a real, uh, really important uh, question sort of looming over us here. Right? Has it cured me? Well, there's that, but that's not the. You know, okay, so apparently I don't care, but I mean I do. But the bigger question is what? How are, how's Joel faring? But oh, yeah, has that's it a cured good you? question. That's a good but, point. But I'm hang just on, slowly what? getting drunk in the background here. <laughs> <laughs> so I've 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 got the benefit of having uh, two drinks in front of me. The the cloister, Chris, is is. I, it was actually the 75th anniversary of the cloisters this year. That's one thing I I took oh, okay. away from my my trip north. Okay. And it's it's a very classic cocktail, you know. It's uh-huh. sort of got that uh, strained through a unicorn tapestry vibe going <laughs> on. <laughs> so the so great spirits there, and it's yeah, yeah. You know, it could be a mythical uh, a mythical creature on the horizon at the end of a night. But um, <laughs> yeah, the dinghy booze. Wow, that's a cocktail, man. That's just yeah. like I'd 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 go back for thirds, fourths of that. Wow, one. yeah, because uh, that's a serious. That's I mean, that is a stacked drink i mean there is some stuff happening in that glass yeah yeah you'd, you'd be you'd be dropping anchor and spending the night 12 miles out to sea i think <laughs> i think actually you might be the anchor if uh you're out at sea <laughs> you'd just be floating to the bottom or sinking to the bottom of the uh 12 miles there and the one thing i that, that you did really well i don't know if it was just your your mixing uh ben was was that they, they they're very complimentary there's there's a nice kind of they spring, look really similar yeah like there's a red and an orange and yeah, yeah they're sort of visually complimentary this That's is a completely this is the first <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time we've had 
three uh, like cocktails served up uh, at the same time on this show, and it exposed the fact that I only have two proper cocktail glasses <laughs> in my entire house. <laughs> Your glass is very old-timey medicine, though. You know, yeah. it's kind of like an oversized That's ornate. True. Thimble yeah, or something. The, uh, Actually, it looks like it might be good for an ice cream sundae. Yeah, so, if you uh, uh, go to Let's Drink About That, it, you'll uh, be able to see see the various beverages we made today and also the recipes for how to make them. I'm a... Uh, well, nice nice uh, plug there, Ben. And I, I'm uh, a professional... Plugger? <laughs> plugger. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm like doing everything I can not to fucking moan in ecstasy when I take like a full <laughs> mouthful mouth of ice cream. I'm not kidding. I'm like, holy shit, this is the best drink I've maybe ever had. After we stop recording, Joel and I are going to go to the store and buy fucking sarsaparilla <laughs> and ice cream <laughs> yeah it has to be done i mean this is the thing if you take nothing else away from listening to this like you should stop now and go straight to the store and yeah. then pick up your headphones after you've had some of this like yeah. nothing what are you else doing listening to a podcast in an emergency like this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are not currently drinking a boozy root beer float what's wrong with you yeah no one's actually listening to this they got to the recipe right. and they, then just were like they, oh, I can't they dropped their the iphone in the middle of the street <laughs> yeah uh, handed it to somebody on the subway and said, like, you need this more than me, buddy. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, maybe we play like the emergency broadcasting system tone right here or just, you know, minutes before now. And, uh... Chris, uh, we had a tweet come in over, mm-hmm. the, over the transom. Uh, our our good friend and yours, Jacob Hinman, talented mm-hmm. filmmaker out of Portland, Oregon, uh, tweets at us, I'm heading out on a guy's weekend, capital G, capital W, in Denver soon. Any recommendations for simple, delicious cocktails without home amenities? Um, so I did, uh, did a lot of research. Because, um, I mean, a lot of the drinks that we uh, that we go for on this show, you know, they, uh, yeah, you got to measure them out. It's fucking, it's like a science experiment every time. Like, who's bringing, who's bringing a jigger on a guy's weekend, capital G, capital W in Denver. Yeah. So, uh. Guys, take I, it I, easy. I'm just mixing up 15 drinks. I'll be right with you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I actually, uh, this is a, this is a page that I've taken out of, uh, my, my roommate's playbook, um, but uh, the, the, the drink I'm going to recommend is the Salty Dog. So uh, you're going to rub the rim of everybody's glass with some, uh, some grapefruit. Dip that shit in some... You just like make a pile of kosher salt on the, uh, on the table. No big deal. Guy, mm-hmm. You guys will sweep it up later. Kosher yeah, there's salt probably going to be a cheap. pile it's of like kosher $2 salt on the table. For, for, for a pound of it. Um, so... Uh, so you're going to salt rim a bunch of glasses, then you're going to add ice, and then you're just going to do one part vodka or gin and two parts grapefruit. Um, vodka more properly to be an official salty dog, but uh, gin if you want to tart it up a little bit. So it's just one part vodka, two part grapefruit. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And grapefruit juice is delicious. So, uh, and, you'll, and you won't get scurvy. 
Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I don't know if I, if it's appropriate to sort of uh, bring up some Antipodean influence here because our idea of a cocktail is like a beer or a single malt scotch, you right. know, depending on in, how late at night it is. But uh, <laughs> when, in, in similar weekends when we go away over summer, it'd yeah. be as many limes as you could get, some brown sugar and lots of vodka yeah. and just sort of mush those together in some form. That's like a Russian um, caipirinha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or as we call it in Australia, a limey vodka thing, mate. Get us, an, <laughs> get us another limey vodka thing, mate, will you? <laughs> Cheers, Baza. Uh, <laughs> um, a, a little bit unsophisticated, but you know, you, uh, get, the, you get the point. My, uh, my upstairs neighbor is actually Australian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him if he knows what that is, y'all. <laughs> I suspect you're pulling our legs. Oh. <laughs> I think I think if you described it to him and, and suggested that perhaps on a warm sunny afternoon you might like to make him a yeah. limey vodka thing, I, I doubt he'd say no. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> this morning I had a there's a a store that has access to our yard, and this morning I had a meeting with the manager of the store because they're planning on doing some beautification to the yard and uh my upstairs neighbor's barbecue is under like a really gross looking uh barbecue tarp right now Mm -hmm. and uh she's like is that like does anybody care about this is that like a nice (laughs) grill or can we get rid of that and i was like uh, that's the Australians. Uh, I don't think he's going to want you to get rid of his Barbie. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. If I if I know one thing, uh, yeah. if, I I cry, I've got a picture of my barbecue, my four burner grill on my phone, and when I had to leave it in Australia, it was perhaps you know leaving friends and family, whatever, leaving sure. my barbecue behind. I shed a few tears. Yeah. Oh man, it's one of the I, most beautiful parts of your culture, I think. Yeah, um, I'll show you. I have a pretty I have a pretty sweet barbecue back there. Uh, is that the it's green monster? But, uh, yeah, the big green egg. That's uh, mm-hmm. I'm cooking now that now that the weather's nice. I'm cooking on that thing like three or four nights a week, and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing. Oh, I like it. Bowman oh, wow. has killed has killed his oh <laughs> Scott as well. <laughs> Scott was done. Scott was done five minutes ago for the record. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, that's not, that's you know. I, I just want to say like that. You know, it's kind of. You know, you think ice cream, it always harkens back to childhood. Three ounces of alcohol, I mean, will take the childhood right out of that drink. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a milkshake. Yeah. That is, that's, that's grandpa's milkshake. That's, that's some serious shiz. Yeah. If you gave that to a kid, they would be very upset with you. The, well, be, we'd, yeah, so well, there'd be a child getting a stomach pump right now. I was yeah. going to say, they'd be in hospital. I, don't yeah. <laughs> I think they'd be upset in a few days, maybe. <laughs> well, uh, I think we, uh, we only have one more piece of business to attend to on this episode, and that is to congratulate James Black, our oftentimes engineer on Look at this guy the taking the lead arrival of his baby yes atticus j black atticus j black wow. he is here 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw pictures uh, uh, on the Twitter feed. If you follow at Drink About It, you can uh, check out a meme that James made of his baby oh. featuring <laughs> a joke from last week's show. So yeah. uh, this baby's already a meme with a <laughs> podcast Seriously, joke on it. The photo, I think the baby's probably about like seven minutes old and it's already on the internet. It's pretty great. And I love how some parents I know uh, are like, ah, oh, so our kid's 13. Should we let them on Facebook? This kid's like 13 <laughs> minutes old. Yeah. And he's like on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just add uh, Atticus J. Black uh, 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 on Twitter. I don't know what his handle is yet, but I'm sure he's got one. <laughs> um, well, congratulations, James. And, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. Get uh, get done with paternity leave soon, so we can uh, you know. No offense, Scott. But, uh, hey, 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 I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, well, we should uh, let's wrap let's wrap things up. Uh, Joel, where can we find you online? Ah, oh, I've got my own website called joelwerner.com. W-E-R-N-E-R? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I don't know, I'll just be around, I think. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker now. Yeah. It's, it's that thing where, you know, I'd, when I first got here, I'd meet people and I'd say, so where are you from? And they'd go, I'm from Brooklyn. And then two <laughs> minutes later, you realize they've spent the last 20 years in Florida. And so, <laughs> g'day, mate. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, you're walking I mean, here, mate. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but... Mm, 20 years in Florida, uh, it might be the worst kind of Brooklynite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but what do I know? But I don't thank, know. thank you for having me. It's been, oh, it's been a yeah, blast. Thanks, and, uh, what's your Twitter handle? At Joel? At Joel Werner, yeah. yeah. Well, you'll be able to find that through our website as well. Yeah. Um, you can find Chris at Chris B. Chicken. That's true. And you can, and find, you can find Ben at Benjamin R. A. H. R. Not, it's not supposed to be pir- as piratey as, as Chris. Well, I only did that because you did it once and it made me laugh for about 10 minutes. So uh, uh, You're out uh, at the 12-mile limit sure. drinking, yeah. your, drinking your dinghy punch. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If you find a parrot on your shoulder. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and follow our show at Drink About It. Um, uh, I would like to thank uh, Paul Watling for the pictures of us and. that make up our logo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks to Scott Anderson. Oh yeah, Scott uh, Anderson, for engineering, for engineering who, this episode, and who you can find at Gravy Robert, who still has still one has tweet that's five years old, uh, and uh, Graham Walsh for our two different theme songs that we use in every episode. Thank you, Graham. Um, we'll be back at you next week with a bunch more life events and a bunch more cocktails that pair perfectly with them. Perfectly. Perfectly. No mistakes. We never make any mistakes. (laughs) We fucking nail it every time. It's amazing. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Later, potato. Later. Worst. Oh, okay, so if you pour the cider in first and then you get a spoon and you pour the Guinness over the back of the spoon, it'll it'll stay separated, and then as you drink it, it mixes. But, uh, um, yeah, normally we have, like, a coffee and a water going, and I thought, you know, this week we'll have a drink from the start, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try that this weekend, I think, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I yeah like it's it. good. It's dangerous, so be careful. <laughs> That's actually good. Always careful. <laughs> That's, a, That's actually a good way to pick up women to uh, get a Guinness and cider.
<laughs> you've been yep, just that, fucking, that you've been like waiting yeah you've been waiting to say that for fucking. i apologize